0: My friends, welcome back to the Smoky Mirror Podcast. It's your boy, Big Smoke, checking in. If you're new here, the whole purpose of the podcast is to bring on guests that can educate, inspire, or provoke thought. And today I have the Minister of Finance yes, on sir. here. So you already know we're going to be getting into personal finance, how to become rich, how to become wealthy, how to become financially free. Um, but also gonna get into who is the Minister of Finance and why he picked that name. I'm real curious. So, okay. without further ado, let's get into it. So, uh, okay, thank you so much for taking the time to be on the show. It was real last minute. I had a cancellation tonight. Okay. Um, but you was ready to work. You ready to go? We're ready. So, hey, you came fresh. Come on, fresh man. to death. <laughs> I'm loving it. So, talk to me. How, how, who are you? Like,
1: who are you? Man, um, well, I'm just a I'm just a, a young kid from Miami, born and raised. Um, I was raised in a single parent household uh, with the help of my grandmother, grandfather, and um, uh, we're just figuring it out, man. You know, I dropped out of high school to really help my mom, mm-hmm. uh, who couldn't really afford to pay the bills, mm-hmm. so she worked a, uh, yeah, so she worked a nine to five job. Uh, she got up each and every day, made it on time, and so I, as a young child, got to witness someone, a hardworking person, uh, blue-collar person, get up uh, with the goals of taking care of their family, mm-hmm. and falling short sure. somehow. Falling short, getting up every day, doing the most, you know, doing all double time, triple time, and coming home and it still wasn't enough money to keep food on the table. So mm-hmm. uh, I, I dropped out of high school. And I had to find a way early. So um, finances obviously wasn't our strong suit growing up, right? And But we had to make it our strong suit. We had to figure it out. We had to figure out what worked and what didn't work. Uh, obviously, coming from a household where nothing seemed to be working, uh, the money isn't flowing, lights off sometimes. Uh, and as a kid, when you just sh- should be focusing on getting up, brushing your teeth, uh, putting on your clothes, going to school, uh, you're trying to figure out how can I get up Uh, and make some money to help mom keep the lights on. Mm -hmm. So I'm just uh, a kid from the block, a kid in Miami, like many other kids, uh, maybe without the father in the household, uh, without much male guidance. Uh, And, you know, I was that kid that was, I I consider myself the Joseph of my family. Mm -hmm. You know, so uh, when they say the minister of finance and why I chose that name, uh, I think that name chose me. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Because in the figuring it out uh, phase, I had to learn things that, I obviously wasn't common to my family, right? Like, um, how does credit work? Mm-hmm. How does money work? You know, um, once I made money, where should I put it? You know, into how to save it, how to get it to grow, how to get it to double, how to get it to work for me instead of me continually working for it. Mm. So uh, I'm just that kid from the block trying to figure it out. That's what a minister of finance is.
0: Very nice. I love how you said that because I actually know, a couple of young Miami natives, because I'm actually from Aurora, Illinois. I'm not okay. from Miami. But okay. I know a lot of young dudes around, like like I said, 16, 19 years old. Yes. And they said sim- something similar, like, you know, I wanted to help my moms out like from an early age. Yes. And so a lot of them felt like they kind of got pushed into things that they knew weren't right. Yes. But they wanted to get that money, especially because it was fast and easy. Of course. So what? What would you say to a kid like that who's kind of like juggling with that de- that decision? That decision, Will, um, what age? Uh, what say age? I'm like seventeen years old. I'm about to graduate high school. Okay, my mom wants to leave Miami, okay. but she don't want to leave until she know that I'm good and taken care of, I and got she can't you. leave. So I'm taking care of. So like, what should I be doing? I got you. I got you. And that,
1: that's why we created um, a, a course. It's uh, launching in December called Breaking the Financial Curse. Nice. Uh, and that's what it was about. It was about helping young men, young women uh, get on uh, a financial track that works. Right. Uh, many times you you have, you, have, you say you're from Illinois, right? Correct. Right, yep. And driving from Illinois to Miami. Uh, for the first time, I'm pretty sure it would have been a little difficult without a GPS, right? Definitely. So many people, like the 17-year-old that knows what he would like his lifestyle to look like, he has to have a financial GPS in place. Mm-hmm. He has to sit in front of a business coach, a personal coach like myself, uh, to help him uh, kind of um, just just filter out his thoughts, mm-hmm. uh, see what he's looking to do, and put together that personal GPS for him or her specifically to get them to their goal and on time, instead of all the twists and turns that we would have had from Illinois to Miami sure. without the GPS.
0: Um, that makes a lot of sense because you can't get anywhere without a plan. You can't you know? get anywhere. And I feel like a lot of our young people don't have a plan. Of course not. And so they're really just being guided by whims. Right? Yes. And and that's definitely not a, a, a plan for success. Yes. Failing to plan is planning to fail. Yeah, exactly. Right? So how did you kind of get into it? You said like, you know, your family wasn't really familiar with credit. This yes. isn't something that was... Um, just, you know, innate to you? Like, how did you learn it? Yes. I mean,
1: uh, educating myself, reading, you know what I mean? Exposing myself to information that I wasn't uh, privy to be exposed to growing up. Right. So I, I figured if I'm, if I'm growing up without this knowledge, seeing uh, hardworking people go through the toughest time ever, what can I do or what information could I um, download and that I'm able to put in place to see a difference? Right, because I I did a personal GPS for myself. I know I wanted to be wealthy. I know I wanted to have something. I know I wanted to own a home. I know I wanted uh, to start a business. I know I wanted business credit. And I know, coming from where I come from, it was least likely, least likely for me to get to those things if I don't educate myself. If mm-hmm. I'm always dependent on someone else to give me the answers, mm-hmm. so I had to educate myself. That's why I created the breaking the curse, uh, breaking the financial curse. Uh, the, the course is to teach people the rules of the game. You know, many people, we like football, basketball, soccer, but uh, we, we can't play those games without knowing the rules to those games. Right. Uh, you know, when we're playing with money, we have to understand that there's rules to money as well. And, and people are preying on our lack of understanding of money. Mm-hmm. So, you know, being, being young, uh, being a person that wants more in life, I would encourage them to read more and download, read books on money, read books on uh, protecting money, growing money, saving money, because it's just not about making money. I I saw Aretha Aretha Franklin made a lot of money. Prince made a lot of money. But Mm -hmm. when they passed away, they lost it all Mm -hmm. because they they didn't teach themselves how to protect their money. Mm -hmm. And that's just as important. So to answer your question, reading, downloading the right information, the information that I knew that I wanted to embark
0: on to be successful in. Wow. See, like, that's kind of – it's funny because it's like a profound answer, but it's also not because it's like – I tell people all the time, just read. But, like, Mm -hmm. for some reason, people don't want to read, like especially young brothers that I know – I have a whole bookshelf full of books. I'll be trying to put them on. They just don't want to read it. What, so, like, what what do you think separated you from other people that I'm sure they had the same similar circumstances? They're like in the same boat as you, but okay. instead of reading, they decided to do something else. I, I got you. I mean, because it's easy to get distracted,
1: you know. Yeah. So the the devil would would distract you with your current level to prevent you from getting to your next level, mm. right? And he'll prevent he'll prevent. Um, The devil will also distract you with your next level with um, preventing you from getting to God level. Mm. Right. And so at any time, if you're tired, I think what separated me from another man, I was tired. I was tired of seeing my mom get up every day and cry for Mm. not having enough. I was getting I was tired of seeing my grandmother and my grandfather work hard for everything that they work for. Save their money in 401k plans. They, they, they went to school, they got a good job. They, they, they bought a home. They had something for their family to call a family home and to have all their money saved in accounts that they wasn't taught how it works. And when something bad happened, like one of them had a stroke, they didn't realize that their whole life savings was at stake. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to have half a million dollars in a and an account where you're thinking, hey, man, I got something to retire on, got something to feel good about, and then life happens. And what, what is life? A stroke, an accident, cancer, uh, any unexpected um, uh, uh, um, thing that comes our way uh, that could really force us to deplete our savings, which w- we would have thought that would have stayed to, to pass along to our family, but didn't. I got tired of seeing hardworking people Lose the money game because they didn't understand the rules. So mm-hmm. that was the only difference. I was forced to to read. I believe because um, I, I believe I'm the Joseph for my family, and um, and, and what that means is I, I I was supposed to be the sacrificial lamb to go through the darkness to pass back the torch of light. Mm-hmm. You know, and so while doing that, uh, while my family was going through these things, I was forced to have to kind of read about those particular subjects mm. and to realize that. They had more options than they realized, but they never actually um, uh, 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 took advantage of any of those options because they never read to know that they were available. They mm. just went on whatever their job offered them right. and considered them benefit. Things you don't know that you don't know. Yes, yes. man. You know, So I, I was kind of forced into a position to start reading more. And as I read, I, I started to be fascinated with the stuff that I started to see. I was like... Man, when you want to hide stuff from people, you really put it in books. <laughs> <laughs> For real, yeah, you know that's real. That's real talk, you know. So uh, I think that's what really um, kind of forced me and another person because it's easy to get distracted. It's easy to uh, see a basketball game come on, a football game right. come on, and, 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 and see what's going on with LeBron James or or Stephen Curry or who wins the championship, but. You know, I, I couldn't focus on the championship. My lights was off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I couldn't watch TV. Right. You, you know what I mean? Right. The only thing I could do is read.
0: Of course. You, you Did know. you have a big family like Joseph too? Like more than five plus
1: brothers? Uh, yes. Well, I had uh, I had uh, two brothers, okay. one sister. Um, and in my particular household, our, my sister has a different mother. And um, at, at the time of me growing up, it was just me and my younger brother, okay. who's now about 30 years old. And in that time, my mom, it was tough, man. We're coming from a single family household. Um, a, a man is not there. The closest thing I have to see um, as an illustration or a blueprint of what a man should look like is my grandfather. And, and all he knows uh, to do was right for his family is get up and uh, get a job, go to work every day on time to bring back the bacon mm-hmm. so his family could, you know, survive. And doing the best he can, so um, I, I knew I had to get a better way, man. Because I watched my grandfather work sometimes two jobs. We didn't see him sometimes. Right. I mean, he provided the, the the bacon for the family, but in, in exchange we lost him, mm. you, you know. And yeah. he, he he unfortunately had a stroke, and I'm pretty sure some of that hard working right. took Stress. a toll on him, you know. Yeah. So you know, um, that that's something that's a part of my story that you, you know was huge and and, and pivotal and. my my pursuit of knowledge and wisdom and
0: understanding, you know? Okay. So now you've educated yourself. What were some of the first moves that you started to make? Okay.
1: Uh, Well, one of the first uh, moves I I started to make, I started to see, I looked up, uh, I Google how to become wealthy. (laughs) (laughs) Nice, right? That's a good place. (laughs) Yeah. It was a good place to start because um, I wanted to know where the money was. Mm -hmm. And what I meant where. What the money was, what industry made the most millionaires? Yeah. Right. So it it was this um, overwhelming uh, answer that popped up on Google and said real estate. Right. So uh, real estate, I looked into real estate uh, and I saw insurance. Mm -hmm. So they were running hand in hand. And I didn't really, I didn't know anything about insurance coming from. I just know that the policy my granddad had when he passed away, it, it was worth nothing. Uh, you know, um, <laughs> and my, That's all I knew about it. In that,
0: that, yours, that granddad's didn't work. So, <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I'm not looking at right. It was a waste of money right. from what I was looking at it. But, um, you know, um, nonetheless, nevertheless, uh, those two industries stuck out to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so quite naturally, growing up poor, um, and growing up, I, I didn't have my own room to 17, right? Growing up that way, uh, I wanted to... Uh, 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 look into real estate and insurance, right? Yeah. So in real estate and insurance, so I got, so I didn't know I needed my real estate license. I went to this investment seminar, mm-hmm. how to flip this money, how to flip this house without money or without credit. Mm-hmm. Right. I was fascinated because it looked like it really worked. Yeah. Right. How to, how to flip, um, houses with no money and no credit. Well, I didn't have money. I didn't have credit. Uh, at the time, uh, I think my ex wife and I, we, 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 Put our money together. We passed up like $200 to go to this uh, seminar. And in that three day seminar, um, I, I wrote down every note that I could. Uh, and it was teaching uh, about properties and how you value properties and how you uh, find these properties and be able, and once you lock them down, meaning get them under contract, how to pass them off to other buyers and, and you make the money that's in the
2: middle. Mm-hmm.
1: So I said, man. I, I don't have any money. I don't have any credit. This seems like the answer to my prayer, yeah. right? And so, um, so I, so I tried it, right? And so, the first thing I thought I needed after that, those three days uh, of immersion in real estate investing, I thought I needed the MLS, right, uh, right. which is the multiple listing service for realtors. Yeah. And um, I got the MLS. I started looking up properties to find comparables to see, you know, um, comparing one property to another. So I knew what I was looking at, how much to offer. Right. And I, then I went into my childhood neighborhood and I went for looking for those properties on the list that showed that they were currently in foreclosure.
2: Mm.
1: Or currently had something what they call a list pendens. So a list pendens is something that when someone doesn't pay their mortgage. Are they behind on payments? The bank files something with the court, which places their home on a list for potential people looking to purchase these homes. Mm-hmm. So I would look on these this list. I'll reach out to these homeowners and see could I purchase those properties. Remember, I had no money, no credit,
2: mm-hmm.
1: but I'm asking these homeowners, can I purchase their home? obviously the only reason why I would be able to do something like that was because I invested in education. Right. Right. I invested in that seminar that I went to. Mm -hmm. Right. And so once I was filled with that, I found this home on my childhood block, right. In Miami gardens, I was born and raised there and on my childhood neighborhood, it was this homeowner that was losing their house due to foreclosure. Mm -hmm. And what, how it, how it happened was the homeowner, uh, their mother owned the property prior, and the mother didn't understand about anything about wills, trust. So when she took out a reverse mortgage on the home, that the property is uh, when she passed away, the property went to in the estate of her name, right? Mm-hmm. The estate of Jane Doe, yeah. right? So now the kids, about three or four kids, that's left on the home. The only way they have an opportunity to speak to a bank. If they if they're on title. So the only way they're able to get on title is to go through a probate attorney. Mm. So most of the time when someone passes away, the kids are not on the same page. So unfortunately, the loan that's outstanding on the property uh, forces the property to go to auction because in a reverse mortgage situation, when a person passes away, the full loan is fully due and payable at that time. No monthly payments can get this out of that status. Wow. So with the name, with them not having a trust or a will in place, it forces these kids who has their own lives most of the time to put together five or $10,000 to probate this property mm. in order just to get their names on title, in order just to speak to the bank. Then not even knowing the information that I was just sharing with you, to know how to negotiate a win-win with that bank. Mm -hmm. So they were in that situation getting ready to walk away from the property. I suggested, say, Hey, Mr. Smith, don't walk away from the property. I want to put some money in your pocket and allow me and my company to have a chance at offering the bank something to settle out the debt. Mm -hmm. And if I'm able to make a good deal, I come back and give you a thank you. Right. Yeah. So I want to, Teach people that when I invested in that, uh, that information, having no money, no credit, the information is what allowed me the opportunity. Once I got the opportunity, that was forty thousand dollars I made
0: without having money or without having credit, but just information. So once you found that property that was foreclosed, you reached out to them and basically said that you were going to buy it. Mm -hmm. So you got under contract, and then you found somebody to buy it under those terms. Yes, I found someone. So
1: when the bank agrees to sell it to my company, Mm -hmm. now my company is the approved company that the bank is saying, hey, we will sell this to ABC LLC.
0: Okay. And Uh, and wait, you had to pay for that to be a thing or – Okay, so you just so wait. If the kids wanted to do it though, they would have had to pay. If the kids wanted to do um, what I did, make an offer to the bank. If they wanted to get there, ne- because you said they had to put up like ten thousand just to talk to the bank, just right? to speak with the bank, right? Yeah, they had to. They had to come
1: in. Say, say, for instance, five to ten thousand dollars to pay an attorney to take it to court, mm. to actually get mm. their name on title with the death certificate is in place. I see. So not having a will in place or not having a trust in place could put the family in danger, Jeffrey. Yeah, you know? And so um, this this was something why I said the Minister of Finance because while my family was going through all of these financial um, um, uh, devastations, I was forced to have to read into these things. Mm-hmm. And, and with that information, created opportunity. Right. When people saw no opportunity, that information stood stood firm and I was able to create a win win situation for not only the homeowner, they were going to walk away from it and get nothing. The bank, they were going to have to force and go through a foreclosure process, pay thousands of dollars to a foreclosure attorney to take it through that process and then sell it for only what the property is worth, not Mm -hmm. what they owe. Right. So these things are a part of the bank's mindset. Are the way they process deals and letting them go at fair prices to people that would like to buy them. So when you're someone like a wholesaler, people that per, someone that uh, uh, see an opportunity, see someone losing a property, and saying, "Hey, I'm getting ready to walk away uh, from it," and says, "Hey, no, I have a company," and not in really understanding my my company doesn't have to have that money already. Mm-hmm. They have companies that would lend you that money. Based on the value of the property, so you go find the money by finding the property. Got it. Right, and so once the bank approves the company ABC LLC, hey, uh, us um, Sandy May Lener- Lender uh, will approve ABC LLC to purchase this home at a hundred thousand. Now, now, ABC LLC now goes and uh finds buyers that's looking to buy it and rent it out for a higher return on their money than their money sitting in a bank. Mm-hmm. So you say, "Hey, Mr. uh uh DFG LLC, got this property for 125,000." dollars you want to say, "I can't do 125, I can do 120." Say, "Man, I can't do 120. I, let's do 122." <laughs> okay, 122 it is. His 122 comes and pays the 100 you keep the twenty two. I keep the twenty two. Nice. So think about is guys on the corner with the mindset to do the same thing I just did with real estate. Yeah. They just don't have the information. Yeah. And I was that young kid going through all these financial uh, uh devastations in life, lights off, uh not enough food to feed the whole family. We're sharing, literally making a loaf of bread feed you right. know everyone. But a little bit of information could have changed the game for yeah. all of us.
0: Now you're making ten figure deals with no money, no credit. With no money, no credit. That's, exactly. That's pretty incredible. So you said that first one was how much? Forty. The, the first one was forty thousand. Forty thousand ah, dollars you and, made and, off of that. And, and that and that was I didn't have a key to that place. What did? You, what was the? Describe the feeling when you finally got that that money. Uh, well, I mean <laughs>
1: the feeling. The feeling was, um, you know, I have to be honest. Coming from where I come from, coming from absolutely no money. And seeing that much money at one time in one deal, um, it kind of made my heart start beating really, really fast. Like you did something illegal? Like I did something illegal. <laughs> I wanted to get out of the door. Like, hurry up, give me a check, right? Really? Give me a check. Like, I like, got to get out of here. You know, I was antsy, man. Yeah. man I, try, I, I, I work my butt off to get to this place to be able to enjoy deals like this. And now I'm dealing with these subconscious Thoughts and thoughts and feelings because we're programmed to be poor,
2: right? You
1: know, we programmed to be poor, so that, you know, making forty grand at one time, th- this almost feels illegal. Like nobody in my household had a blueprint to how to make forty grand at one time, mm-hmm. and so to going in the dark to figure that out, being able to accomplish it after investing in myself with information and knowledge, and be able to accomplish it, and then bring it back to my tribe. And and, and be able to get my mom high limit credit cards for the first time ever in her life at 60 years old. You know, I mean, coming up, she only knew to trade time for money, get her money, pay her bills and have what's left over, stay away from credit. Mm -hmm. You know, now so now her call to see her call me and say, hey, Brandon. Uh, this is my balance on the car. How much do I have to pay it down to, to keep my score up top? <laughs> I'm like, look at her with a little bit more information. Yeah.
0: So, you know, um, I, I'm a believer in investing in yourself. That's dope. No, that story is really amazing. I mean, you broke it down really nice too, because I've heard of, so you call that wholesaling. That's, real called, that's called wholesaling. Okay. It's just when you're
1: in the middle, you're the middleman. Yeah. You're the middleman. You, 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 I'm pretty sure. In Illinois, um, in your city, you're known in your community. So even if you got a real estate license, put the real estate license uh, on the back seat, for an example. You are going to know what's going on in the city before any realtor knows what's going on. You're going to know at the, the barbecue or at church what's happening with Mrs. Smith's property or mm-hmm. Mr. Davis's property. So it's like you not having your own company. Already in position, don't care about whether you have the money or not. But not having that company, it, it you're you're overlooking opportunities that are probably worth twenty, forty, sixty thousand dollars that are your next door neighbors mm. oftentimes, you know? Wow. So I guess the first step would be getting an LLC. You gotta get a company. You gotta get a company. You have to start a business and not just any business. I mean, I've seen people I used to work at a bank as a loan officer. I'm not certain sure if I shared it with you yet. Uh, But I used to work as a loan officer, so uh, much of my day revolved around taking applications from people that were looking to, they they had businesses, now they were asking the bank for financing to fund their dream, Mm -hmm. to fund their vision to take it to the next level. So I got a chance to consult with business owners and teach them, if they didn't have everything in place, what they needed to do in order to access the high-limit high-limit funding that was necessary to take their business to the next level. Mm -hmm. So when I stepped away from banking, I stepped away from banking with the mindset to say, hey, I don't have to just help the bank's constituents here. I could step away and help my people outside of these four walls. Mm -hmm. It's so many of us that are aspiring business owners are small business owners are nonprofit owners that just don't know how to access the bag to take us to the next level. Right. So that's what I set out to do. So when I came into um, when I came into this field, I only wanted to focus on business owners, small business owners, um, teach them how to start a business, but not only just starting the business, how to structure the foundation of their business
0: to gain high access to high funding to fuel their vision nice you know yeah i mean that's a great transition because i mean i have a business i have a business mostly through clothing mm-hmm. so i'm about to start another llc for this like this media company that i'm making now of course um but with the when it comes to the clothing business like we're we're making like thousands of dollars okay nothing too crazy right um i'm doing our accounting okay. and things like that we have like a gas card that i'm doing okay. to uh Increase the credit score. Okay. I do have our Dun's number. Okay, I have a. It's almost like a. It's like a credit card, but it's like a charge card. So I, I do credit, and it's like net thirty terms. I, gotta I got to pay you. them all. I had to pay it off in the month. I got you. How do I get access to like a ten thousand dollar credit card? Because when I went to TD before, okay, they said they needed to see more cash flow. Okay. I feel like the cash flow is okay. I feel like my credit score is okay. okay. Um, I am like doing some stuff on The side, so I don't want to do a hard check yet, but oh, like right. once I am ready for that, like yes. how do I, like, where do I even because when I went initially, they were they just gave me the runaround. I feel like I, I, I bank you. at TD, I do not really know what's why they didn't give me a two thousand. I'm like, two thousand dollars, that's not that's nothing, just give it to me, right? So, right. like, yeah, what, what would what advice do you have for me in this situation? No, definitely, and, and it's good you
1: said that, man, because so many business owners don't know where to go. You know, I just left New York City, I just left Brooklyn, and in Brooklyn. I was just there to, um, you know, be a part of the community there, right? The business community. And see, they're, they're hustling people. They know how to make it happen. They, they know how to go and get it. But a lot of them are doing it on their own backs, mm-hmm. right? They're doing it without access to the bank's funding to fund their vision. And the wealthy people know it's easy to leverage debt to build wealth, right? Right? Other that, people's money. <laughs> other people's OPM. 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 It's other people's money. So it's easy to leverage debt to build wealth. And if you don't have access to leverage the debt, then it, then it's all on your back, right? Mm-hmm. So in your case, um, so you have the clothing company and then you have the media company. Yep. Um, for, for one thing I, I want to do with you is sit down and look at your foundation because the foundation oftentimes will make it necessary for them to not even have to ask for your cash flow. Mm. You, you see, so when the foundation is correct, it, it's a, it, it cuts out a lot of red tape and it takes you straight to the money. I see. You, you know, so uh a lot of people a lot of times people don't know we have businesses, but I want you to think about these big companies sitting behind uh the four walls in New York City analyzing an application from us way across the country. <laughs> I want you to understand that it's important to know how to make yourself look like a Fortune 500 company even while operating out of your own home
2: mm-hmm.
1: right it's okay to have a small base a, a small home based business but the bank shouldn't know you're working out of your home right and, and I show business owners how to go about that how to leverage virtual offices and which one Nice. Right. How, how, how to leverage these things, how to make their brand appear bigger so they can get access to the bigger funding and financing. Mm-hmm. So in your case, uh, I would look at the foundations with both businesses. Um, and like you said, you're thinking about incorporating. Definitely incorporate because you said your credit, um, your personal credit is in a position that um, is it, pretty strong. Mm-hmm. So with that being said, It's so much that we could do right now just based on what I know, right? And that's why I want to encourage all of the listeners to, um, you know, if if they're on Instagram or anything, I would encourage them to follow me at pastor underscore finance and click the link in the bio. And when we have something with the podcast for podcast listeners, for all of the individuals that's thinking about starting a business uh, or starting a nonprofit or just joining the men's circle. I've created a link there specifically for the podcast listeners to tap in, and um, when they tap in, I show them how to structure the business, how to create one, and then how to step to the bank with your personal situation intact. And leverage your
2: personal
0: situation to get access to all the business funding you're looking for. Dope. Yeah. So I'll definitely put that link in the description too, so okay. everybody can check it out. Okay. Um so yeah, definitely take advantage of that. That's free resources and free game that, that Mr yes. <laughs> the Minister's putting you on to. So yes. that's dope. Definitely take advantage. Definitely. That's awesome. Okay. So you went from making that big deal, that forty K deal, mm-hmm. and then you mentioned you were in the banking industry. Yes. Were were those happening at the same time, or? Yes,
1: they were happening at the same time because uh, I had my real estate license. Okay, right. So obviously, quite naturally, we're dealing with a lot of buyers and sellers, and uh, a lot of times when we're dealing with buyers, buyers, they often we had to uh, pass them over to loan officers, and the loan officers would pull their credit, look at their credit, see if they qualify or not, and if they didn't qualify, they would kind of uh, send them back to us and say, hey. They have to work on their credit or do this, this, and this, and then come back, and then we can get them approved. So I just felt like it was so many different pieces of the puzzle, so many different parties, and I had no control. Mm-hmm. So, um, so at the time, my ex-wife she went in, uh into the bank, and she applied uh, for um, she applied for a position as a tailor there. So I just went as a as to support her at the time, and I I just something came in my spirit to say apply too. Um, when I read the qualifications, it didn't seem like anything in the qualifications that I would qualify being a <laughs> high school. Yeah. I was gonna say you didn't go to college, right? I didn't go to college. The only thing I had going for me was the real estate license. Yeah, that gave me a, a, a leg to stand on. Nice. In the in the in the interview process, because now they says, "Hey, this is this guy is a businessman," you yeah. know. Uh, so they looked at my uh, my. Um, They looked at my, um, what do you call those things? My um, Resume? Resume. Yeah. Uh, And when they looked at my resume, uh, they they saw the real estate license and business. I handled clients and buyers and sellers. So they're like, man, let's give this guy a shot. Uh, So when I I started as a teller making $14 an hour, and um, while I was working as a teller, I was like... I, I used to try to take every break I could get. Mm-hmm. You know those nine to five jobs. Yeah, man. you'd be getting sick of it. <laughs> you'd Sick of it, right? You're taking every break you can get. So, um, in my times of taking my breaks, I used to see this department where these guys are dressed nice and sharp. They they're looking good. They they're, they're always dressed sharp, and they're never walking slow back to their desk. They always got this in a hurry. little. They're always in a hurry. So I'm trying to figure out what's happening back there in that little room in the back. What's happening? So I, I see one of the guys, and I say, hey, um, what do you guys do back there? he say, say, uh, we we just um, we, we handle the loans and stuff. I mean, we handle stuff for the bank. And uh, I say, how much do you guys make? He said, we make $12 an hour. I'm like, 12 I make $14. i am like, all right, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Never mind, right? So I see another guy. He's getting ready. He's in the bathroom. I'm in the bathroom. He's getting ready to run back to his seat. I'm like, hey, what do you guys do back there? He said, we handle all the loans for the company, all of the so anybody calling in for a home loan, we handle it. Auto loan, home equity line of credit, credit card, uh, you name it. Business line of credit, we handle that for the bank. We make twelve dollars an hour in unlimited commission. Wow. Whoa. I said the first guy left he that said, out.
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, wait, whoa. That $12 sounded a little different now. <laughs> it sounds a whole
1: lot different, right? So Unlimited I, commission. I, the only guys that were driving Lexuses and Mercedes uh, at, that worked at the bank was working back there in that room. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to get back there in the room because I, I had a goal I had on my vision board, a BMW truck.
2: Right.
1: Yeah. And I and I the, with the fourteen dollars an hour and my existing expenses, yeah, that was not gonna happen. It <laughs> ain't gonna happen on that fourteen. No. You know. So I, I so so what I did was uh, I saw who the manager was in that department at this time. Remember, I have my real estate license, Um, but now that I know they handle the loan side, I feel like that's that's God answering my prayer again. I'm saying, God, I'm tired of handing my people off to these loan officers for these loan officers to tell me. If they qualify or not, and then when they send them back to me, I have to send them to a credit guy, and then the credit guy has to get all of their stuff right, and then they have to send them back to me just so I can sell them the house.
2: Mm.
1: Why don't I become all in one? Why don't I become the go-to guy that when you want to, when you're interested in getting a home loan, an auto loan, a business loan, a business line of credit? Why don't I be that go-to guy? Why don't I pull their credit? Why don't I tell them exactly what they need? I spent enough time with underwriters going back and forth, having them to tell me to tell the client something. Mm -hmm. This was the answer to my prayer. I stopped having to add so many people to help one person. So then I started analyzing people's credit based on my background in banking and working with underwriters and knowing what they needed to see to qualify. So I took my my skills to South Beach like LeBron. (laughs) Like LeBron. (laughs) (laughs) Right? So – Um, When I did that, I started helping people qualify for homes, get uh, miscellaneous items off their credit report, uh, started to add things to their credit report to make it to strengthen their credit report to qualify for certain things. Mm -hmm. When they were interested in high limit credit cards, I would give them the blueprint to exactly step by step on what to do to get your $20,000 credit card. It's a formula to everything. Oftentimes, you're not dealing with us as people. You're dealing with an unspoken uh, uh, um, system that the rules is already written. Mm -hmm. And if you understand the rules, you can win the game every time. So once I understood the rules by going back and forth with the underwriters and understanding when the underwriters wasn't at work, the system was working. So I don't even have to deal with people. I can wait till late at night, get on the (laughs) credit card company system, apply and get approved if I line up with their system.
0: Man, <laughs> let me wait till five PM to start applying.
1: Let me let me wait <laughs> because so so you know so understanding that um, you know my while I was working in this at the same time as a realtor and and, and being uh, gifted that opportunity to be working in an actual bank as a loan representative and a specialist, I felt like the all-in-one guy. Right. So even after work, I was meeting with people to tell them how to do, even if they wasn't working with the bank that I was working for. Mm. And so, you know, um, at the same time, that that kind of gave me a little bit more insight uh, to believe in the the flipping money, uh, flipping houses without money or without credit, because I saw people call the traditional bank, ask for the money for the bank, get turned down. And when I looked up the tax roll on that property to see who closed on it, it was still that company that called. And I was wondering. If you couldn't get the money from us, you couldn't get the money from nowhere. So I went to following the trail of the money. Mm -hmm. And once I found where the money was coming from, I created a relationship with who the money was coming from. Very nice. And then I went to find deals. And then I said, you know what? It shouldn't be this hard. The light, it should be a, a light down this dark road to help people coming from where I come from to be able to do this same thing. So that's what I am now. I'm a beacon of light to people because I'm not holding back that information. I'm sharing it with them. I'm teaching them how to flip the house next door without money or without credit and make forty thousand dollars.
0: Very nice. Yeah, I love that 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 story because it's really all about your perseverance and investing in yourself you know like it isn't anything fancy Mm -mm. it's not anything that is cute or even things that you haven't heard of before it really is just about working hard and taking advantage of opportunities as they arise absolutely so i definitely want people Mm. listening to keep that in mind it's like you don't have to go to a four-year college you don't have to go to columbia and you know major in finance to go work on wall street to to do all those things absolutely not
1: and 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 to be honest you know, um, it, it's, it's cool you said that because, like I said, we didn't grow up with uh, any financial literacy either, right? We didn't know the rules to money, mm-hmm. right? We think when we hear Wall Street and we hear all of these, these fancy terms or these bankers, right, they're speaking language that we don't even know, right? And so when we talk about rules to money— Many times people don't even understand that there are rules to money, right? Right? They just, you know, since we've been young, we say, "Hey, mom, can I have a dollar?" Hey, because we've been playing with money before we even understood that there was a thing behind it. It was a, it was a purpose behind money, mm-hmm. you know. And um, because we don't know the rules, oftentimes we lose the game in many different areas. Mm-hmm. And one of the areas that we lose is, um, have you ever heard of the rule of seventy-two, for example?
0: Yes. Wait. Let me. Yeah. Let me artic- articulate it. Uh-huh. So. It takes 72 years for your interest rate to double okay. if it's at 1%, right? Okay. so
1: Exactly. <laughs> you hit it on the head. Yeah. So, so what it is is you divide the interest rate, whatever interest rate you're being offered, by 72 to determine how long it will take your money to double. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you have to think about this coming from uh, the inner city, right? Uh, coming up, uh, getting a bank account, right, and saving our money at a bank. These banks offer us all of these cute, fancy terms, right? (laughs) And what are these cute, fancy terms? They they offer us savings accounts, checking accounts, money market accounts, CDs, right? Um, All of these cool products that they offer us to save our money in um, that we really don't understand. If we don't understand the rule of 72, we don't even really understand what the guy in the suit is saying to us. Right. We don't. So if the guy says, "Hey, we'll we'll lock your money up for seven years in a CD for, and we'll pay you back one percent interest," we, we don't understand that the guy just said, "We'll lock your money up for seven years, but it'll take your money seventy two years to double, with
0: that being your interest rate."
1: Mm-hmm. We don't even know the rule. We don't even know to look back at them and smile at them. Right. And be like, what?
2: <laughs> don't <laughs> no even thing.
0: know about it. Don't even mention inflation or anything.
1: <laughs> no, you're going broke slow. Yeah. So you're so understanding that. Without understanding that one rule, without understanding simple interest versus compound interest, this is important. Um, I oftentimes like to talk about the story of uh, uh, John Rockefeller. Right, mm-hmm. um, many people heard of Rockefeller, J.C. Penney's, McDonald's, but many people don't know their stories. Right, like Rockefeller, for example, um, you know, before he became this mega old tycoon, uh, he was this fourteen-year-old boy. Uh, saved up $50 uh, selling turkeys and doing chores for for his neighbors, you know. And uh, in that time, he got some game from his mom at the time. And his mom says, hey, uh, Rockefeller, you should loan that $50, which $50 in that time was about $1,500 in today's time. Wow, Right? And so he says, hey, John, you should loan that $50 over there to the local farmer at 7% interest. Right, so he says, and have him arrange to have him paid back over twelve months, and then now your fifty dollars just made you three dollars and fifty cent. Well, at the same time, he got a call from one of his neighbors because remember he's making money doing chores with his neighbors. They offer him sometime, uh an opportunity to dig potatoes, right? And they, they so he worked for three days and he made a dollar and thirteen cent. So he realized that the interest that he just made from the farmer was one third of his annual income that he made from his labor. Mm. So he said, oh, I'm about to be working no work. To so he, I got an option. Yeah. I got an option to work for money or I have an option to let money work for me. Right. And so he just chose to how can I 10x making money work for me instead of me working for money? It's the total opposite system of what my parents grew up with, right? Right, in this total opposite dynamic and way of thinking, it, it led them to two different destinations, mm. right? One was long and hard and, and and hard on the kids, right, and and left us with no knowledge of how, no blueprint, and then one was like,
0: man, this is the easy route. Yeah, this this is how it should feel. It's really giving me rich dad poor va- poor dad vibes. Of course, it always was strange to me. Well. It, it's funny, it's strange, but I kind of understand why now looking back. But I, it was just confusing. Like we live in a a, a society that's so financial financialized. Yes. But we learn nothing about it. And yes. there's so many things that we have to do in day-to-day life that we don't learn anything about. Absolutely. And that always blew my mind. But it's because they want to prey on people. Yes. Like they want to take advantage of people's ignorance. Of course. So I think that's a shame. But thanks to the internet, we're able to get this information out a lot easier. Of course. And so I definitely think like educating yourself is the number one thing I tell people. Like you got to do it. Yes. You have to do it. because. We learn a lot of BS. Yes. So you got to unlearn some of that and learn some of the things that aren't as sweet, but yes. they can be
1: if you if, if you just focus a little bit. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, it's by design that we don't have financial literacy. Like you said, mm-hmm. um, they, they really would like to um, work hard in us to prey on every build everything. They want us to go get the home. Yeah. Right. But when we pass away, they hope we have no will and no trust. So the property ends up in the probate court, where 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 they have uh, family members throughout the whole legal system that's right. getting ready to prey on your family's lack of knowledge and lack of information, lack of uh, financial awareness. Um, you also getting ready like if you're like my grandfather, uh, work for thirty years for uh, a company like Old Dominion, have a stroke, have money sitting in a four hundred one k and not aware of the uh, the government spin down rules. With the government spend down rules that say, if you want Medicaid, Medicare to kick in and help you, you have to be broke. Mm. But what happened when you have half a meal sitting in your retirement account that's supposed to go for to protect you and your family? I say, you ain't broke. you ain't broke. You got money to pay us. Kick up. So the medical bills get sucked out before the person passes away. Mm. Not only does, is it not left for them to retire, it's not even left for the family to do anything with. And then they force you, if God forbid you have investment properties, they force you to sell the investment properties down, spend your money down to a a small insignificant number. So if you worked your whole life, you did everything you thought was right, you worked on a job, saved your money in a 401k, full 3B plan, 457 plan, just like you were told to do, all these benefits are these plans that were offered to us by our employer with no protection. Mm. They haven't sat down with someone like me to figure out I'm only one heart attack away from losing everything I got. <laughs> I'm only one car accident from losing everything I got. Yeah. I'm only one stroke away from losing everything I have. Mm-hmm. These are unexpected events. 80% of people get sick before they die. So if that's the case, you're you're teaching me to save my money without knowledge, knowing that I don't know I have to spend this down for an unexpected health
0: event, mm. thinking it's going to be there to provide for me and my family. Mm. Yeah, that's it really is unfortunate. And I think that's actually a good segue. We can talk about life insurance because I think that's something I want to yes. bring up because, yes. man, it's like irresponsible if you're. Over 65, you yes. don't have it. Of course. But I want young people to get it because it's just be so much more affordable if okay. you get it now. So yes. let's get into life insurance. Um, I think that's where I heard of the 72 rule, rule seventy two, because I do have an IUL um, okay. policy. Okay. So we can talk about that too. Okay. But, um, yeah, it just makes a lot of sense because it's like why would I not take advantage of index funds that don't go down? You yes. know what I mean? Yes, But not a lot of people know about that. And so they'll die. Yes. The family don't get no money. They got to come out of pocket for your your funeral. Yes. They got to come out of pocket for all these things that you left undone because yes. you had no will. Yes. So, yeah, let's touch on that because there's a lot of irresponsibility amongst our community that we need to, to Absolutely. Absolutely. So um, life insurance, right? Like I told you my story with
1: life insurance, right? Uh, my only exposure to the life insurance industry before we got into it was seeing my grandfather pay for a policy his whole life and it not – um, it not worked for him when he ex- needed it the most, mm-hmm. uh, not worked for my family when we needed it the most. So I-, I understand why many people in our community shy away from it because the misinformation around it, the people that have come into our communities and just sold us products just because they could sell us something. It left us with nothing, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. So uh, I, to answer your question, I think the, the 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 earliest time to get insurance is now. Um, and yesterday, if you have kids, I just want to let you know you can get insurance on your kids as little as two year, two weeks old, mm. right? And so the wealthy understand that. Why? Because they understand that the earlier you get the policy, the least expensive it is, mm-hmm. the less risky it is for the insurance company. With that being said, many people who are not just wealthy but are financially literate, The moment their kid or their grandkid is born, they call someone like myself, right? And uh, to to actually put a policy in place for the kid. Why? Because they can lock a million-dollar permanent policy rate in while that child is two weeks old. Mm -hmm. So instead of paying somewhere like $300 a month, you you lock that in for $40 a month, right? And then that permanent policy also, if it's structured the right way, like you mentioned IUL, it'll come with a savings component with it mm-hmm. that would allow for a savings account with indexed funds in an indexed environment. Mm-hmm. I think the, the many times our people are not even aware what index mean, right? right? And like you said, the first time you heard of the Rule of 72 was talking about an index fund. Many people are not aware of the rule of loss. Right. So that means if you had one hundred dollars in there in an account like the stock market and you lost 50 percent, then you only had 50 dollars. But if it went back up 50 percent, you, you only have seventy five dollars. Right. So it, you have to if you took a 50 percent loss, you need a 100 percent gain just to break back even. Yeah. So they're not even aware of why an index environment would help them in their money after they've worked for it. Right. Right. And so the wealthy are people that's financially literate. They understand that. So they lock in or create one of those environments at such an early age for their kids because they're aware of, for one, the power of compound interest for two the ability to save in an account that's other than an account like Chase or Navy Federal or Wells Fargo or TD Bank, because when you save money in those accounts, all they give you in return is lollipops.
0: <laughs> yeah, you get nothing, peanuts.
1: You get peanuts, like we're suckers, right? Um, and, and, and that's by design because they didn't want us to know that they are life insurance accounts that also have saving components that are earning anywhere from 5 to 8% interest return on their money and it protects your life if anything were to happen to you unexpectedly. hmm And you have the option of accessing any money saved in that account pre 59 and a half. Mm -hmm. Right. So this is a three part mission for wealthy people or financially literate people. For one, they want to lock in that rate at the earliest time where it would be the least expensive for that child. For two, it want to protect that child's life envision, and mission. So, it also want to give the child an opportunity that most of us coming from where we come from don't have, which is the opportunity to save in an indexed account toward retirement as opposed to saving in a 401k where it could all be lost right? unexpectedly.
0: Can you explain to people how the index funds take no losses? Yes, of course. So
1: I want you to think about the stock market, for example, right? So, you know, um, so when the stock market goes up 10%, if you got 100, $100, you got 110 in there, right? But if, it, if you had $100 in there and lost 10%, you lost $10, right? So you got 90 in there. So if you, if you choose to save your money in a stock-like environment, like a 401K or 403B or 457, uh, your money is at risk for those ups and downs that happen over time of that type of environment. Mm-hmm. It's completely uncertain. Right. An index fund mirrors what happens in that stock market. But what it does is it puts caps and floors within that up and down environment that you see in the uncapped market. Right. Mm-hmm. So the index market, it has what they call a ceiling and a floor. So say for instance you have an IUL, say your cap is ten percent. So say, for instance, in the market, it went up 35%. Your money was capped at 10%. So your money in an index market, if a guy was over here and he had his money in the stock market at $100 and you had $100 in an index, his money went up to 135%, which was $135. Yours went up from $100 to $110, right? Mm-hmm. That means that you are capped on your growth. But in return, you take no losses when the market falls. So now the market goes down 40%. This guy is at 90. You're still at 110 plus a 0.75%, meaning almost 1% was added to your money when the rest of the country lost money. Mm -hmm. So because you chose to save in a safe, predictable environment with rules, a ceiling and a floor. You're you're given an incentive when the rest of the country are losing money. You make money for choosing to take a cap on your wins and letting the insurance company make money with you nice. over time.
0: That was really well articulated. I know a lot of people could be listening. Like that just sounds too good to be true. Like yeah, you're yeah. telling me I can have life insurance, mm-hmm. a savings vehicle, mm-hmm. and I can take money out of the savings vehicle. Of, of course, like that is. I tell people about that too because I've. um Spoiler alert. I've heard I've learned about it. Okay. <laughs> so okay. that was why I have one. Okay. Um but yeah, it always sounds too good to be true when you can use when it doubles as like an investment vehicle. So you can take out of that policy. Uh-huh. This is kind of how you're saying that million dollar baby thing like yes. the kid can take out for college yes, and that money's still gaining value. Yes, Can you explain that a little bit too?
1: Yes, because okay, so the the remember, it's a it's a, it was a war going on since a long time ago between the wealthy and the poor. Right, and so every time you have these um, in finance, you always have what they call loopholes. Are these are um, these uh, products that was created so wealthy could keep their money? So the the wealthy people normally um, in history have hated two people. They've hated the banks and they've hated the IRS. Right, <laughs> they've hated the banks because they know the rule of seventy-two. Right, so the banks doesn't offer them anything outside of seventy-two years to double my money in lollipops. Yeah. Right. And they know the IRS have worked for absolutely none of their money and they want a big chunk of it. So they hate those two people. So they always have to have different things in place to be able to avoid those two people. So in reality, it's nothing far fetched to have to think about. It's just understanding that the wealthy is going to keep an ace in the hole to be able to protect their money. So do you think the wealthy understanding finance Um, would work 30 and 40 years and put their money into an account where they could lose it? No. No way. (laughs) So definitely they are looking and reading into where can I save my money that's safe? Because it's just not about making money, it's about protecting money, Mm -hmm. right? And so in order, I I can't think about growing money until I know how to protect it. Can't build a skyscraper on sand, right? Mm -hmm. So I have to know how to protect my money so the wealthy know, how can I protect my money from death, divorce, lawsuit, uh, and unexpected anything else unexpected or mm-hmm. well, life insurance rule 7702 so uh, the irs rules 7702 uh, what that says is no irs no government agency or anybody can ask you to expose what you have stored in life insurance what many people don't know is wealthy people are going to find a way to save their money and and keep it safe so if they ever had a stroke they won't. The government can't tell them to spend down anything because the government aren't even aware it exists, mm. right? Mm. So they they, are, they they know privacy matters, right? They know privacy matters. If I don't have a vehicle to keep my, my my stuff private, and I need something that's not classified as an investment, it's protected under the rules of life insurance, right? So they know if I save my money here, first of all, nobody knows it's there but me. Two, I can leverage that money I have there for anything I want if I need it to. For three, I can access this money pre-59 and a half, what they call policy wash loans. So the policy wash loans, to answer your question, was um, a a feature that incentivized people to save their money through things like IULs or index universal life insurance policies. And um, what that was is for your ability to, if you needed access to your money, you could access it in the form of a loan. So you don't pay you don't pay taxes on loans. You pay interest on loans. Mm-hmm. See, there go the rules again, yeah. right? This the rules of money. When you understand the rules of money, why would I save my money in Navy, Federal, Wells, Fargo? Why would I save all my ducks there if they're gonna give me nothing but lollipops? I, I need some I need something in return for my hardworking money. Mm. What are you gonna give me? You're gonna protect me from all life's unexpecteds? That's one. You're going to also give me a higher return than any bank can offer me on my return. That's two. You're also going to give me protection against losses on my money. That's three. And if anything happens, even though I have this huge savings account that's being grown within my policy, if anything happens, the $500,000 policy at a $250,000, Whatever it is, you're telling me if I have a stroke, cancer, heart attack, a car accident, and I'm not able to do what I'm currently doing right now, I get to access 100% of that 250 while I'm living? Yeah, people definitely don't know about that. <laughs> so, so that's the power of life insurance. Yeah, that's the power of being able to be financially literate and know, like, no, I'm going to require you give me something back in return for me putting my money here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm not so wealthy. People are not going to take less. We were taught to take less because we were programmed to be poor, right? Right, and and, and that's why you know uh, having that inform that education is so important. You know, yeah, especially about life insurance. They sold, they, it's two types of life insurance. So you have term and you have permanent. So term is for temporary situations. So that means, so when I say temporary situations, I want to think you, you, you have a um, a goal that you've shared with me of purchasing a home coming up, right? Mm-hmm. So when you purchase the home, normally the home loan is for like 30 years, right? So when you get that 30 year mortgage, the, the, where life insurance comes into play, where you can use it as a financial tool, is you could purchase a policy the same length in term of your mortgage or five years less. So, for example, you get a 30 year mortgage, you get a 25 year return of premium term policy. What that means is every dollar you pay into that policy will be returned to you at year 25. Or 30, Mm. right? So you got the mortgage. You get a return of premium policy that costs you maybe 200 bucks. This is something that they're not teaching us. God forbid anything happens prior to that 30 years, the house is paid off in full. However, we're counting on nothing to happen to you in 30 years. We're counting for you to get to year 25, get every dollar that you spent back into that mortgage, Pay your mortgage off five years early, save yourself thousands in interest, and be able to use insurance as a financial tool for success. Mm. You know, that's what we're counting on when you're educated on how to use certain products. Then you have permanent products. These products are set to expire after you expire, not before. You know, I've watched my mom. She She worked for American Express for 30 years uh, they they gave her uh, life insurance through the job. After the job, she's retired. She don't have any more life insurance.
0: Damn. Yikes.
1: So now she have to go out into the world and actually look for life insurance at that age with that health condition, uh, with, with with all of the odds stacked against her. She has to go get something when she looks for quotes. is unaffordable. A couple of months later, she has a stroke, mm. followed by a heart attack. Mm. Follow her, my same same route as my grandfather. And guess what? I mean, you, you know, uh, it, 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 what do we do in situations like that? But prepare sooner, mm-hmm. like get life insurance now. Right. When is the time to get it now? Is you know, like when is the time to talk to somebody now? Is you know, because later might be too late. You know, in my case, every in, for each of the people that I saw that 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 had a stake in me getting to where I am today, I saw them lose the money game. Mm. You, you, and hardworking people. My grandmother worked thirty years for Bell South. Got an eye put out on the job. Somebody, someone, uh, they they had one of these little pins, and they were they, they were cutting a pin, and it popped her in the eye. Oh. She never missed a day at work. Never showed up late. She got a pendant for like one hundred percent attendance. And at the end of the day, she doesn't she doesn't win the money game. She don't get to live the life of her dreams. She don't get to live the life uh, that she can be happy with. She can't kick her feet up without one w- without questioning whether her. Uh, um a social security check is gonna 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 cover it all. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. The only thing we can do is start preparing sooner. Right. Start getting in the room. Start setting consultations with people like myself that's able to kind of look at your situation and, and kind of give you the GPS for your particular situation. Yeah, it's it, it's answers if you want it. it. It's things out there that'll help you, but you have to put yourself in position to receive the help. Yeah, you know? I think
0: you know a lot of. There's a lot of mistrust in the community of course. Off these products because they're being sold to us by people who don't care about yes. us and our unique situation. So it's glad to to know ha- we have people like you yes. to rely on to, yes. for help with this planning because I know a lot of people, like, they don't know where to turn. Yes, And like you said, historically, they've been taken advantage of. Yes. So they can kind of have a bad taste in their mouth.
1: Well, well you know, uh, one thing is, is cool you mentioned that because um, the reason they have a bad taste in their mouth, in my opinion, is because— the, the agents that they're working with are limited in the products that they could offer. Mm-hmm. So what, what I want to uh, share with people is when you deal with a professional that's in the insurance world, you have to check what company are they affiliated with. Um, you know, because I, I started with a company like a, a Primerica, for example. Many people know about them. They're running around everywhere. They're helping family, great mission, but they're limited. Right. They, they, their, their belief system is buy term and invest the difference. You know I and, and quite naturally you had a couple people uh from a company called uh wfg World financial group yep uh they, they expanded their mission because it was a it, it was a, it was a guy named Hubert Humphrey that kind of um said hey man it's no one-size- fits-all for everybody it's other products out here that'll help people more so they started they started uh a World financial group and and then from that we led to the company that we're now working with which is family first life and uh, with that with with that particular company they had the same products that World Financial Group had, which was cool, but they paid their agents for what they're worth. Mm-hmm. So not not only did we have 100 percent of the products, but we had 100 percent of our commission for our efforts in the community. Very nice. So we we're paid what we were worth to get the information out there to people, to educate people. And now we're paid educators because when we get in front of people, well, it's important for people to know that they don't pay us to get this kind of stuff done. They don't pay us. The insurance company pays us to get it done for them. Right. So we're just educators. You're missing out on the information if you don't call in and tap in now. Right. Like, you're missing out.
0: And people can feel like it's a sale. Like, they're selling you, but no, it's really just, I'm just telling you what's possible. Yes. And then we're going to try to make it happen for you. Exactly. Exactly. Putting in that plan in place. You know, without a plan, we plan to fail, like you said earlier, you know. No, that's great, man. Like, I'm just thinking about your life. Mm-hmm. how did it change when it comes to like friends and family? because okay. obviously you're getting money now, yes, you've obviously elevated. Uh-huh. did you have to cut some people off or people getting jealous? What happened? Yes, yes, yes. I mean,
1: you know um you, you're gonna go through things uh, like that, especially when you're elevating, you know what i mean it's mm-hmm. it's a reason why they say you know the successful road is oftentimes a lonely road, right? because all of the friends that you had um sometime around that you spend a lot of time with. Uh, you notice when you start kind of getting into the books and, and, and they don't they don't make that shift with you, then then what is uh, exciting for you is not exciting for them, you know. And so um, so we, we we quite naturally tend to have that gravitational pull opposite away, even if it's for a short period of time, you know, in, in, until. But but I'm I'm on a mission. I'm on a purpose, you know, so mm-hmm. quite naturally it. it I started to hang by myself a lot, right? Yeah. Uh, start to get uh, be alone with my thoughts, start to meditate more, start to uh, uh, be conscious of what I was eating, what I was putting into my body. Um, and, and the people that I was around, seeing whether they were they adding value or taking from. you know And so that's how I, um, that, that's how I assess my circle. you know everybody in your c- corner isn't necessarily in your circle, right right? And so when, when you understand that, you have to assess your circle making certain that the people around you are adding value because you know the amount of value that you add mm-hmm. to your circle so if anybody is uh, has an energetic pool that, that that's opposite of to what I'm pouring into my own space then then we we then, then we kind of like part ways uh and I've had people that we parted ways and then and then we reconnected yeah. you know at, at a better time at a better space when it, when it was when, when it was a more opportune time but in that time I had to Sometimes you have to zone out. Yeah, you have to zone out. You have to cut all distractions. Everything off, push forward towards your goal because, like uh, many people, like I was, in, I was seventeen, sixteen. I, I was uh, I slept on my grandmother's floor. You, you know what I mean? I didn't. I I, I bought my own first car um, uh, through a dice game in uh, Norland. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was I, I was um, I, I went to Norland Middle. I mean Norland High School. I'm sorry. I went to Norland High. Um and, and, and in that time I used to catch a ride with a, a buddy of mine down the street. His name was Lenard and uh, in that time, um, sometime we used to go down the street get in get a ride to school in his car, and because he had a car already. And uh, so that particular day, he had given us a ride to school, but when it was time to go, he was like, "Man, eh, you know, uh, my mom, uh, she's sick. She's been in the hospital for three days." But he didn't realize. Like, I just saw his mom wave us <laughs> a, <laughs> goodbye. goodbye. <laughs> So that was the best lie you could think of at the time. I took it personal. Yeah. Um. But I, I, I didn't have any money, so I couldn't do, take it personal and do anything about it. Mm. So, I, you know, at that time I was rolling dice in the, uh, you know, the dice game in school. I, I won about $2,500 in the dice game from about $150. Dang, so y'all had money in school. Oh, man. <laughs> school. Oh, man. These, these, these kids got it, right? A lot of them do. And it's different than we when we were kids, you know, so— um, I, I won about $2,500. I caught the bus to 27th Avenue and about 167th Street across from the Wingstop Plaza. And at the time, it was this old uh, used car dealership that was there. I went and put uh, $1,500 down on a sky blue uh, Chevy Camaro. Uh, so by the time the class got out, I was back in my car with the, with the car. I, I mean, I caught a ride to school. When now I was driving, like, home. Now I'm driving home, now driving home, I even shocked my mom when I got. <laughs> she's like, "What? <laughs> what is going on?" Oh, right? Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, I don't know what to say—fortunately or unfortunately—but fortunately, uh, the used car dealership went out of business, and I didn't have any more payments on the car. Wow. Yeah.
0: That's lucky, <laughs>
1: yo. Nice. Oh, <laughs> shout out to that dealership. Shout Sorry, but <laughs> you know, so so I went through. I went through different phases coming up. You know, so uh, in the city, obviously, coming with without any money, um, and getting and start start making some money or or, or or getting a lump sum of money at one time. Still not understanding the rules, not understanding money, not understanding finances. I'm going. Obviously, to pump it into something that it's really not going to double, not going to triple, not in the indexed account, not going to protect my life. Right, There's no future goal with it, you know. So I started selling CDs and DVDs at the time, finding a way because I like that lump sum feel. I'm like, man, yeah. this I can get used to this. What can I do without having to take a gamble? Right. You know, like, what can I do? So I started selling CDs and DVDs. And really successful at that, I was making about five, six hundred bucks a day, Mm. you know, selling DVDs and CDs. And um, for for a long time, I I made really, really good money. Um, While my class was still in school, I applied to become a correctional officer. Um, I, I got the job while my class was still in school. Told them I had my GED. I mean, I got my diploma at the time. I had to run and get my GED, come back just to be able to keep the job. Went through the academy. Worked as a correction officer about two and a half years. Um, really felt that, like I was locked up, you know. You're like, damn, am I, am I in jail? Or? <laughs> I'm like, if something go, if something pops off, are they going to say all the good guys come to the front? No. Right. You know, we're stuck in there with them, right? <laughs> hey. So I needed to be out helping the people, connecting. I'm a communicator, yeah. you know, um, like doing something I love. It, it was important because the security background and experiences what led me to starting my security company. Mm. So I started a security company by the name of CEO security school. And that's where people can come get their concealed weapons license. Uh, Their D license with is their security license and their G license, which is their armed guard to be a security as well. Mm. Right. And so that all spawned from my, my background in corrections, which gave me the ability to apply for the school, which I've been approved by the state of Florida to start the school, which is CEO Security School.
0: Dope. Congratulations on thank, that. That's what's you. up.
1: Thank you, man.
0: Just opened up your own school. That's
1: And, and, and the cool part about it is I, I did this in the support of my 18-year-old son, right? So when we talk about those kids between 18 and 21, um, doing this for my son, I was just supporting my son at the time. He says, Dad, I want to get my security license or whatever. I said, let's do it. I'm going to get mine too, right? Because I know it's like going to the gym. When you're in the gym and you're pumping weight and you got a partner there, it's easier to pump that weight because right. you got a partner so anything my son embarks on, or anything my daughter embarks on, I jump into it with him. I said, let's get into it. I want my DM. I want my G license, too. I didn't need it. Yeah. I didn't plan on working security work. But I got it as a matter of support. While I was there, it was a gentleman who says, hey, man, you look like a businessman. And um, I know you said your son said you worked in corrections before, and uh, while, while working in corrections, you have the background to be able to open your own school without any other necessary qualifications. I said, say you serious? So I started the school, and my son is now 18 years old, an armed guard. When you're not able to Hold a gun. I'm gonna say he came out on a pistol. you're 21. Yeah. I had to buy the pistol, right? And gift it to him. Yeah. In order for him to carry out his work as an armed guard at 18 years old, making between 20 and $30 an hour. Mm. He just moved into his own place at 18. That's. Actively dope. looking for a one to four unit apartment complex. Credit has been being worked on since 16 years old by us adding him as authorized users to our credit card accounts. Mm creating other accounts to put him on the radar of big companies before he's even legally old enough to contract with these companies. Very nice. Setting up, setting them up for success. So the security school um, is owned by my nonprofit, which is CEO Financial Literacy Academy. So the academy owns the school because the purpose of the academy is to uplift, inspire, and create financial opportunities for the youth. So they can avoid the street. When I told you I I sold DVDs and CDs, um, I did it for such a long time, making money until I was slapped on the wrist um, and pulled over, had my DVDs in the trunk, um, and, and I was arrested for selling DVDs, even though I wasn't even caught selling them. That's crazy. I was just too honest. I was just, I, hey, I told the police, I, hey, I'll buy them for $2 a dish, I and sell them for 5 <laughs> <laughs> Like, the world's dumbest criminal. Yeah. Right? I didn't know that was illegal. I didn't either. And so they, like, <laughs> wrapped me up. That's crazy. So they, they they wrapped me up. It was slap on the wrist. I realized, it was at that time I realized, hey, I'm going to have to get my GED. Right, I got a son. I got to provide for him. So I had to go another route because mm-hmm. I saw that that route was, it was a no-no. So... That's why I wanted to create opportunities for the youth like my son and people like him all over because so many of us that are smart and intelligent like myself could have gotten myself in trouble that I couldn't get myself out of where these opportunities wouldn't even be opportunities for me today. Right.
0: Because it's something you did 16, 17 years old. And, and the and the law doesn't care if you don't know the law. They don't care. Ignorance, Ignorance of the, of the law. law is
1: no excuse. No.
0: You know, so,
1: you know, so that's what that's why I feel. So coming from a, a position that young kid, a mom barely having money to feed your family, you're, you're buying your own car, you're, you're teaching yourself how to tie a tie on YouTube. You, you bought your own first bed and put it on the top of your car to get it to to where you were. And I was 18, 17 when we first when I got my own room, mm. you know, so many times I went back and forth to school. Many people didn't know that I was all my clothes was in a corner. The closet was my corner. You know, they didn't know I was laying between the couch and in the in uh, the in the dining room table. That was my bed. You, you know, they used to call us the lost tribe. You know, and, and, and that's why I say breaking the financial curse because in our family it used to be a running joke, right, with our uncle. Now his name is Junior. Uh, and right now to this day, Junior won't show one inch of support toward nothing I do. That's crazy. It's absolutely crazy because, um, you, you know, I watched Junior all of this time and I looked up to Junior and I'm like, that's what you said. Did, 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 was it the Joseph story? I, I think so, because um, I, I, I would see him not share one inch of positive, like, I, I like what you're doing. I see what you're mm. doing or anything. And um. And, and that was kind of like hurtful. Like I'm mean, like, dang man, you know, I see you. I looked at you coming up, and you know, uh, or whatever. But but you know, in your journey, you're gonna have that. You know, right. you, you're gonna you're gonna have people there. you're like, man, if I just had your support, man, that, it would mean that much. It mean more. a lot, yeah. You know, um, and, and and so so I would encourage people like when they're on their journey, they expect you know uh, to have a male figure. If they don't find a mentorship. Um, we, we have something called the men's circle. We're going to be doing something every Sunday, um, uh, with men. And, and, and this is like a safe space for men to come, um, speak, talk about things that we go through. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I was a young kid, right? Uh, obviously I had a kid at a very young age, right? My child is 18 now. I'm 37 now. Right. So we're doing the math. I had a child very young. Mm-hmm. So, um, having a child very young, you, you think about, all of the the different the unknowns that come your way especially when you and the moms isn't getting along right mm. so um they may they may look for assistance sometime the assistance may require them to place you on child support uh and as a young man with licenses and everything else as an entrepreneur if you're not making enough money to pay that bill on time each month they'll suspend your real estate license mm. so at many times I was out there Coming with all of these challenges already, having a kid early and then fighting the child support system, just me by myself having to be my own attorney. So remember, reading was the base and foundation of everything. So when I read, I understood that um, if I was working for a company, they couldn't suspend my license. Right. But I was working for a company it was a real estate company. But they can also put a like a lien on that company and force them to send my money to them. So I had to I had to really really be a conscious reader and, and, and become financially literate. Mm-hmm. So w- what we did was uh, I was able to, uh, uh, I was started reading on privacy laws in different states. Uh, so I saw Wyoming, Delaware, some of these states uh, didn't require the, the people who owned the company to actually be blastered all over the public record. <laughs> so I said, so they'll be sending the request to me. So I started a company out of state in a state where privacy was respected. I hired myself. Now, when the state wanted to actually suspend it, they had to send it to me. Nice. And and, and And that just came from reading. That just came from reading (laughs) and becoming your own boss, starting your own business. How many men out there just don't know the answers to their prayers of starting the business, Mm. starting an LLC? That's what I tell people. I'm like, the country was made by business owners. You might as well get you one. You might as well. It's so many many things that you're going to know. Not Mm. only starting a business... Will will help you avoid unnecessary um, j- just like the gangstering of your licenses or anything that you're trying to do. Uh, it, it's so many things that you can do. Even uh, I would encourage people uh, own nothing, control everything. I, I don't keep anything. I don't own anything in my own personal name in the name of the company mm-hmm. in, in ways that this going to benefit you on a small level. Is say for instance, you, you you ever saw those traffic light tickets down here? Yes. It, have they ever gotten you for the one fifty
0: or one? Yeah, for like the the, la, the red light right turn. Yes, I've so. got,
1: I've definitely gotten those. So so think about it. Um, when they send that letter out from the agency or the city that issued that ticket, they send it out to the registered owner of the vehicle. So if you own it in your personal name, they're sending it to you. And then if you do any, nothing about it, then your license is suspended. Mm-hmm. But if your business owns it, it's like Wendy's owning
0: it. They can't suspend Wendy's license.
1: Oh, they gonna suspend? <laughs> the cook could have been driving. Right. The cook, the, the the cashier, the owner. Now we step in in the capacity to answer for the company instead of answering in personal responsibility. Mm-hmm. So when you say own nothing, control everything, that's the power of having your own business and it being structured the right way. Very powerful. Yes, you know.
0: There, so I'm part of an organization called Black Men Build. Okay, and literally, it's exactly how it sounds. It's black men coming together, building up our community. Yes, and we have a men's circle that we have every other Monday. Come um, on, oh, so I, I was love. yeah. We definitely get you involved because like yes. there's some kind of collaboration we could do. Of course, they have a um, right there on uh, like 55th and Seventh. Okay, okay, like where that Popeyes is. Um, like we have a location. I got like the you. hub. They have a. Um, we have like a community fridge, we're you know, oh, like food pantry, okay. we got a um a free clinic. Oh, all man. types of stuff. Like boxing classes, chess. Come we do a on. lot. So we I definitely gotta get you plugged into that because you would you would love it. Yes. And a lot of brothers definitely need to hear some of the, the knowledge that you that you're sharing. Yes. So we I definitely love to connect on that. It's exciting. Let's do it, man. Yeah, that's I mean, it's so important, especially as black men, we gotta have more positive role models yes. and we gotta redefine our image because yes. We're not in control of it. Like most, mm-hmm. It's mostly people who own record labels and yes. uh, media companies yes. that are, <laughs> to put it in a nice way, not representing us in ways that we would appreciate. Yes. And they're doing it to make money and uh-huh. clicks and whatever it is. Yes. But a lot of times it's guiding our children who might not have that father figure of and they're course. going into falling into traps that. Other people are setting for them. Of course. So we really got to get back almost like a grassroots movement yes. to get in front of the community. So
1: Man, anything that I could do to be a part of um, young brothers and sisters, uh, like being a beacon of light to them, help them get on the right path, help them um, uh, put things in place for themselves to uh, give them true financial opportunities. That's what I'm about. That's what I say to minister of finance. I'm about creating opportunity. I'm going to be out. Uh, I'm about uh, helping you reach your vision in half the time. By getting your access to the capital you need, you know that that's that's all I'm about. You know, showing you that the money is the easiest thing to get. Yeah, you know, and and, uh, and that's what I'm about. So any way I can be a part of that, any way, um, any any ways I can add value to um, what's already being built there, I would love to, man.
0: I'm dope. open to it, man. All right, bet yeah, because once you once you meet the guys, you'll definitely be you'll be there every other week. I, like I you got mean. you. I'm there. I'm there. <laughs> that's dope. Okay, cool. Okay. So um, there's one thing I also wanted to talk about. Um, It's like a lot. There's like a focus on money in our society, which of course, because it's necessary, it's a tool. Right. But I do think people can fall down that path of like worshiping money or being just totally obsessed. Of course. What do you have to say about that? I mean, um, you know, you know, they say um, the
1: love of money, right? Uh, Is nothing wrong with with making money, but when you when you love money over anything else, that's the issue. Yeah. You know, because. you have life in between right. money right you know <laughs> if you don't care about the lives of others just for the money then you you know it, it that that's leading nowhere you know it's it's, it's not purposeful you know mm-hmm. money is a tool it's just a resource you know and and money shows you more about who you already are you know it gives you a, yeah. a, a ability to be who 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 you always have been on t- on, on steroids you know what i right. mean and so if you're a nice person you'd be a little nicer you know what I mean. If you're a mean person, you'd be a little meaner. You mm-hmm. know what I mean. If you're um, if, if you're a person that don't really care about people, it's going to show. You know. So I believe the people that worship money, um, they they, they miss the purpose of money. Yeah. You, you know, and we have to remember it, it, this is created out of thin air. <laughs> <laughs> it's an idea. It, yeah, we're all just agreeing to it. It has no intrinsic value. Right. None in 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 the fact that we, we we trample over life, we trample over relationships for a piece of money and and it's not worth it you, you know what I mean so um the money is is a tool. Yes, you can do some amazing things with money. you can help a lot of people with money, but the wrong people with money. It could do just as just as much harm as well. Yeah. They can push the wrong agenda. Right. It it, it, could, it could show us more in the wrong light. Exactly. Lead our kids down the wrong path mm. because now they have a little bit more money to exemplify
0: what what their life is like anyway. Right. You know, especially when you say like people growing up from communities where they don't have those role models and they don't have anything they're like i just want to be successful and you see these are the people they putting up for successful you might be like damn that's
2: success yeah that's
0: success so i need to be like them but that could be not the right path to go down come on man like
1: think about it if you know when i was when i was telling you about the rockefeller story if he hadn't had his mom there to give him that game to be able to say hey baby you just made that fifty dollars which is like fifteen hundred now uh, if, if, if it wouldn't have had a mother figure a a, a, a a male figure someone that he looked up to to get some insight the street could have looked exciting to him he could have went and bought the next gold chain or he could have, <laughs> right. the next gucci belt yeah he could have chose to put his money into something that completely tied his time to his money and then he gave away all of his time mm-hmm and, and, and that's worthless, you know, but when his pen, he had someone that was there as a guide for him to be able to give him some information that he didn't have that set him on a path towards success. Mm-hmm. You know, so uh, I would encourage just a lot of us to that don't understand the rules of money to understand the rules and how to, how to do that. Well, I have a uh, breaking the course, uh, breaking the financial curse course that's coming out December along with my book, Breaking the Financial Curse. Sweet. And uh, it's going to be a book and it's going to be a course. The book will highlight all of the areas, the rules, uh, the compound interest, simple interest. It'll make it fun, exciting, short, and sweet read. And it'll also give the people the option to dive into it a little further and get them a firm um, education behind not only the rules, but what are the things they can implement now
0: that they understand the rules towards
1: success. Dope. Yeah, that's
0: powerful. We got to get back uh on the pod for the book too yes, cuz yes. you know I have my guy on here Jabez Invest. Yes, I love uh, that guy. Yeah, yeah, shout out to Jabez shout if, you, to if Jabez, you watching man. this you probably know who he is but yeah, yeah. shout out to Billionaire too. Shout I out know, to Billionaire. Big, yeah, 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 big shout out to Billionaire. Yes, man. So yeah, I had cuz I had Jabez on kind of like this, we did background whatever okay. and then when he, his book came out, we had him back on come for his book. On. So come we'll on. definitely have to come when the book comes out. I'll get me a copy. Okay, and we'll okay. We'll run through it cuz yes. yeah, that's exciting. December.
2: I'm excited.
1: Yes, man. I'm in in the pre-sale. I'm going to uh have it where uh, people can start uh, buying the pre-sale book uh billionaire was w- one of the uh, individuals that supported and purchased the book uh a pre-sale oh uh, oh so, so it's
0: on sale right now
1: so so it's on sale right now pre- oh, okay. the pre-sale and and that's what what I'm teaching as well I'm going to teach people how to uh, build multiple streams of income after writing their book. Uh, one of, one of those things is their Mm pre-sales, you know, their pre-sales, their speaking, uh, that, the ebook, the audio book, there's so many different things can be done once a book is created. And my job is to teach people how to, um, how to create money, how how to, how to make money that's
0: not attached to their time.
2: Yeah.
0: You know, it's a great mission. Yes. You know, it reminds me of something that, uh, Jabez said, because he was like, when I changed my mindset from chasing money to just adding value to people, yes. oh. like my life got better, and I started making more money. Yes, because value
1: chases value chases money. Where there's no value, there's no money. So if you're just trying to sell someone something, I'm trying to, you know, if I'm trying to sell you something and say, hey, here, uh, you know, you know, take this, and uh, I, I'm not haven't even found out your wants and needs yet it's impossible to try to sell you something that's valuable to you. Right. I can have this pen over here. If I'm trying to sell you this pen, hey, Jay, you want, you might want to look at this pen, man. Hey, this pen is going to be great. It's the best pen that you ever wrote. You, you just, I don't even know if it's the color you need. Right. Yeah, but I'm trying to sell you something. So that that's not adding value. That's just being a salesman. Mm-hmm. But when I take a step back and say, hey, Jay, what what you writing with in here? Right? Well, what are you writing with? What's, what's going on? <laughs> what color do you write with the most? Mm-hmm. Black whoa we on to something now we <laughs> on to something so so do you have anything that's unique to you now that's adding value because it's something i know that this gentleman needs right. i'm not just trying to sell him what i got so it happens so many times and that's why we turned off we run from the pushy car uh know, a
0: used car sales they're just focusing on them rather than you
1: yes and it's, it feels so ooky. It, it, like, yeah, it feels gross it feels gross like bro like you have sales breath like
0: Sales bro. (laughs) (laughs) I've actually never heard that I like that Mm -hmm. That's funny Because I'm actually in sales too I work for an educational technology company Okay So I sell to like principals and superintendents Come on Yeah It's hard as hell to get in front of them But when I do Okay It sells So That's what I'm talking about And one thing It's all about listening You got to be able to listen to people And they'll tell you what they're looking for And if it's not a match then Yes, it's okay. You course. know, that's one thing I think people need to understand is like not everybody's going to buy from you. Absolutely. You got to look for your customers. Absolutely. And, and so
1: and and I was in a training, right? Um where they were saying I was um doing a lot of prospecting, obviously going into real estate, insurance, uh finance. You're doing prospecting, right? Calling out. And uh when I went through this training, the training said prospecting is a waste of time. It made me sit up in my chair. I'm like, prospecting is a waste of time. What do you mean? He says, "If you focus on creating value and creating a brand where people can find you, then your market will come running towards you. It's a market of people out there for you. Yeah. You just need to be findable for them. Mm-hmm. And so, once I understood that, I started beginning to be more findable for people. Yeah. Right? And, and start and start and stop being that person that chased everything. Become that had that sales breath every time I hey, ate. Let me let me sell you something. Yep. It was more say so like, hey." Let me create a menu to what it is that I do offer. Right. So when I do talk to someone, I can share with them what I offer after finding out what they're into, what they're about, what their mission is, what their goal is, and then let them know what I have on the menu that could work for them. Mm-hmm. And that's why when people set a consultation with me, uh, at the end of it, um, they, they, they walk away feeling like I got a ton of value. Like I could not afford not to have that sit down with that gentleman because now I have the blueprint to where I, it, it, you know, everybody, every coach need a coach, yep. right? And every mentor needs a mentor, right. you know, and sometimes I have to sit down with my mentor to go over my finances. I'm not my own guy, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's important, you know, a doctor yeah. doesn't, does do surgery on himself, you know, and it's important that we have that go-to person that we're able to lay everything out financially. Mm. Hey man, this is what my personal credit looks like. And we can develop a plan to get you to where you need to qualify for what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Hey, this is what my business credit, like you said. Hey, I got a couple of net thirties. I got a couple of um I got a couple of this, I got a couple of that. How can I get to the next level? Those are the people that I love talking to. You wanna know why? Because I can see immediate results. It doesn't take me to be a magician first in order for me to see results with that person. Yeah. It just takes them to consult with me. For me to lay it out, see what they have going on, and for me to get the results that they're looking for. And they're already in a position most of the time. They just need someone like myself to walk through them and guide them through. Mm -hmm. You, You know, and so... Now, I would encourage everybody to invest in themselves. Continue to invest in themselves, and continue to get in the room
0: with the people that could set you up for success. Yeah, I think that's the that's the moral of this whole podcast. I would yes. say because I I mean I'm just so blown away. You just read books and yes, <laughs> yes. and got wealthy. Like you just change your mindset from yes. reading things on a page. And I tell it's crazy because I tell these dudes all the time. I'm telling okay. like I got I'm 26 years old. Just okay. had my birthday last Tuesday. Come on, happy belated man. You, happy thank belated king. You. I got some young people like I said, 21, 19, I'd be telling them, just right read this book And yes. they just be pushing back so much
1: well you well, you know what it's easy to do that I had a a, a friend uh, by the name of cherry he, um when I was younger about 21 22 23 um I used to go to this uh th- this house in with a lot of older guys right and then, uh, we used to shoot pool all the time so we're shooting pool with the with, with the older guys we might get a little you know whatever right. and we're sitting out we're sitting out back and he used to always say hey Brandon I want you to watch this video. I'm like, man, I'm playing pool, you know, kicking butt, taking names, like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm over here with this. He was like, Brandon, this it's the best investment of your time. Watch the video. I'm like, what is it? He was like, it's the secret. It's called the secret. I'm oh, like, man, I heard, yeah, I see. but I'm thinking he's saying it's a secret. Some bullshit. Yeah, I think it's a bullshit. I'm like, come on. <laughs> so so he, sent, he sent me that. It's a slow documentary kind of thing. I'm some. And as I sit there, as, like, I sit there, everything that's being spoken is making so much sense. It's making so much sense. Like, you know, it's nothing that you haven't already heard before either. It's something that you innately know. Like, the stuff that you focus on, is that what you see? Yeah. You know, before I came here, I won 99 Jams, right? The ninth caller, right? Nice. I do that every month, and I record the drop— each and every time I do it to teach young people, old people alike, the, the power of your mind. It was so, the guy answered the phone and he literally said, "I have to override it because you won it last week." But they, <laughs> he didn't. They didn't realize that they said that to me the week before too. That's crazy. And they said that to me the week before that too. And there's nobody probably in the history that have won 99 gems in it before they really realize it. And see what's going on. I set out to just show the young people the power of their mind. Whatever you focus on, you get. So after watching The Secret, it was seeming like that was exactly what I needed to see at that time. Because it started to help me realize that my thoughts were things. My Mm -hmm. thoughts were actually creating for me. It was just like my thoughts were on an invisible frequency like the wind. It was in the same world as the wind. So you can't see the thoughts. But they actually, you, just like you can't see the wind, but it's happening. Yeah, like Wi-Fi. Well, like Wi-Fi. You can't see it, but you know it happens because if you, you don't have connection, you're not, <laughs> you're not, you're not live, right? Mm-hmm. So once I realized that my thoughts were creating my reality and I was unhappy with my reality, I started to focus on different things. How did I do that? I started to meditate more. What does meditate to me? Well, just quieting my mind, just knowing all day, every day there's thoughts going this way, that way. and I just sit quietly to stop it all. That's it. That's it. And at that time, that's all I said to focus, and that was the hardest thing to st- yeah that was the hardest thing to stop all the thoughts because they constantly they constantly happening. But if you really pay attention, that's your subconscious mind. That's your program. And the only way to change your program is if you tap into it and change it and like shock it, yeah, and, and and pour new stuff into it. So I started to after I got a got a better grip on slowing the thoughts down or stopping the thoughts, then I started to uh, uh, download more at things that were going to um, give me the life that I was after. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, yes. I like I close my eyes. Like I am good enough. Like I have enough. Like I, you know what I mean? And like everything around money, like money comes to me easily. It flows to me like it doesn't. And then so many different things start to happen where money was flowing easier, you know? And it was just all started from changing my mind Hmm. and my mindset changed my reality. And as my reality changed, I was just a conscious observer of the change happening because my start started out so rocky. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't help but notice the change. Mm. I started from rock bottom. <laughs> so if it's anything better than this, I notice. Yeah. Right? So now, now I'm now I'm I'm having a little bit better experience and the only thing that's changed is my thoughts. Wow. You know what I mean? I mean okay. you I realize if you blink a few blink a few times, the picture changes. Right. And I didn't realize that before because I was looking for everything with immediate gratification Mm. and and, and understanding that everything takes time and patience does. So um, I started also uh, went through a training um, and it started to teach me about um, neurolinguistics, for example. Have you ever heard of neurolinguistics? I have. Okay, so when, when I learned it, it was fascinating to me because neurolinguistics was the power of your subconscious mind. And so I'm thinking, like, the power of your subconscious mind. I'm like, what is that? It's like, okay, you know, if someone bites their nails, uh, you know, after thinking about it, or after a while, while, they don't have to think about it. It becomes, like, subconscious, right? They do it on autopilot, and that's how you do everything, right? So once it happens subconsciously, like, you you, you just know the roads now. You don't think kind of where to go. You know, it kind of happens all subconsciously. Mm -hmm. So when I realized that the subconscious mind had its own language, Then my communication with others, my ability to present, my ability to communicate, my ability to communicate my brand, everything started to change for the better. Mm. Because I realized the subconscious mind has a set of rules, right? So the first time you say something, um, the subconscious mind says, okay. The second time it says, hmm. The third time it accepts that it's true. So I'm going to give you an example of that. So when you're familiar with O.J. Simpson? Of course. Okay, so in the O.J. Simpson trial, He walked in every juror, no matter how guilty or not O.J. was, he walked down the jury and said, if the glove don't fit, it must acquit. If the glove don't fit, it must acquit. If the glove, he was saying it, it was three times. Then he go, you go to President Obama when he was running his, his. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. All the great people that are great communicators are actually using neuro linguistics in their approach. Every commercial, every great presenter. So when I was going to this investing seminar, the one I told you about, I was already like, uh, you know, coming from, we come from, everybody's trying to get you. You're thinking like, okay, what's to come up? Are you trying to get me for, for what? Right. Right. So when they sold me the investing seminar about no money, no credit, flip this house, I was already skeptical. So on break on lunch break, I'm looking up, seeing on Google, I'm now I'm looking up fortune builders. I'm looking up, now I'm looking up there. Now you get a whole little a press release come up to show the guy that's presenting is going to stop in the middle of the presentation and he's going to cry. He's going to cry. He's going to pull a chair up and he's going to cry in the middle of audience right before he tells you his offer. So I'm saying, now it's lunch break. I'm sitting there like, now I'm going back. I can't wait to see this. He's talking. I'm. I'm. I'll never forget his name. His name was Jeremy Black. This guy standing in front of standing in front of the stage. You see. You see him walking on the stage, and you see him go to the side and pull that chair. <laughs> I says, "You got to be kidding me. You got to be kidding me right now." So he pulled the chair up. He slowed his voice down. Sat down. Told his story and started crying. I said, "You got to be kidding me. Is this scripted? But it wasn't scripted. They understood that." you couldn't evoke action without touching the emotion Mm -hmm. without emotions. The subconscious mind is, it don't care. It don't care. So once they were starting to teach the language of the subconscious mind, I started to replay all of these events and all of these uh, presentations and all of these things that I've been in front of. Mm -hmm. And they've been talking to my subconscious mind and I had no clue. Mm -hmm. I, I made the decision and thought it was my choice and it wasn't, it wasn't it was even suggested. it was suggested to me. Right. And I thought that was so powerful to have that power and influence through words, through communication, through colors, through suggestions. So I, I learned a little bit more about it and start to implement it in my business.
0: That's dope. Yo, that's a great place to start to wrap up because yes. we are almost in time. Uh, okay. But I love that you said that because people who have listened to this podcast have heard me mention the aspects of like quote unquote the truth that you yes. just taught, taught up like how your thoughts like they're always coming in but yes. not everything you think is true. Mm-hmm. You're not your thoughts; they're yes. actually just coming from your subconscious programming. Yes, like people heard me say that. All th- I'm not gonna get into it, but you articulated it beautifully, and I think the way that you upgraded your mindset, okay, it wasn't just in finances; it was all around. Yes, and I don't think like even like coming on this podcast wasn't even a mistake because I feel like we're on the same frequency. Yes, where it comes to the things in your head change your reality. Like yes. your thoughts control your reality and you can control your thoughts. Of course. And I really made this podcast because I wanted people like you to come on here over and over and okay. tell people okay. your thoughts control your reality. Like you can yes. make the change by just changing your thoughts. That's it. Because thoughts leads to different choices. Yes. Choices lead to different outcomes. Yes. And then they reinforce those thoughts. Of so course. I think this is dope. Tell everybody again where you could where you can be found at. And man, you can find me on Instagram at pastor
1: underscore finance. Uh, In the link in the description, I have a link uh, specifically for um, listeners of this podcast uh, where they can consult with me. They can sit if they're interested in starting a, a profit business, a nonprofit business, if they're interested in building their personal credit, their business credit. If they already have credit and just need access to high limit funding, they have businesses and need financing, they can tap into that link, set a consultation with me. Uh, I'm doing a special specifically for people, specifically from this podcast. So the link is already up, ready. And you can go on pastor underscore finance, click the link in the bio, and set a consultation on a one-on-one with me, and I'll go ahead and help you change your life. Dope. Well, hey, appreciate that, minister. So pastor of finance, All right. I appreciate you. Anytime. Hey, tap in. This is a free game. Tap in, man. It's the minister. Dope.